0: Greetings, glorious beings. I'm Paulette, your host of Thriving in Chaos, the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce you to sparkling examples of inspiring, powerful, wise, and trailblazing women. I've curated experts in their fields to help us all listen, learn, and grow towards all the possibilities of living your best life. As a certified divorce coach, I regularly witness a range of deep emotions. What those emotions have taught me is all we really need to support our sisters is to share our knowledge and loving kindness. Please subscribe and thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. Now let's thrive in the chaos. Good afternoon everyone out there in podcast land. I am Paulette Gloria Harwood. This is my podcast and welcome to the show. So most of you know that I have moved to Georgia. I know that sounds really weird, right? What's a Boston girl doing in in the South? But I have a guest today that will not only prove to you that I have moved to Georgia not only by her hospitality, but her charming accent, Miss, Mrs. Lori Rourke.
1: Hi.
0: She didn't quite work it as well, but you'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yo. Oh, there she goes. Anyway, oh, see, isn't that the best? Yeah. Um, we met uh, when we
1: were walking, walking dogs. our dogs, right? Yeah.
0: So my dog was going to kill your dog.
1: Yeah, or... no, she was just sniffing around, and you were looking at some houses, and Stephen, when the dog were walking, and Rosie and I were walking, and they locked eyes and, you know, sort of sniffing, as dogs do.
0: I think Lori's being a little bit polite, because Lulu it is a bitch, let's just face it, and I can say that, because she's a female dog, right, <laughs> but uh she's my baby, I love her to pieces, but man, is yeah. she ferocious. Oh, so... she's
1: just ferocious, she will just bite
0: your ankle. She will. She will. She will. will. So, um, we met while we were walking our dogs about a month ago and it was this immediate, like, I don't know, chemistry. It was so cool between Steve and I, um, and Lori and her wonderful husband, Lee. So, uh, they're neighbors that live right up the way, and over the last month, we've kind of got to know each other. Right. You know, it's it's a new relationship, but man, you just made an impression on me, young lady. Oh, so
1: that's sweet.
0: Her decorating skills are state-of-the-art. Oh, thank you. No, it's, it's true. Not only is her home spectacular, uh, all of her clients are on the high end and really have very... Um, should we say high standards, and I believe that you um,
1: knock it out of the park. Thank you. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. I've been doing it for 25 years. I graduated University of Georgia with a design degree, and I've kind of moved all over from South Carolina to Florida to, I just moved back from Dallas, and we wanted to move closer to home to be near family, and I was very afraid, because I'm 51, and, My biggest fear was like, oh, God, i got to start over at age 50. I mean, said no one ever that they wanted to do that when you have your own business. I'm like, how am I ever going to do it? How is this ever going to work? I mean, I was crying, you know, just very scared. And um, so I somehow, you know, I agreed to it. And um, we moved, and I've been doing the transition. So what I've decided to do after I kind of cried a little bit and my husband felt sorry for me. I said, you know, I'm gonna get my own place in Dallas. I'm just renting it. And I'm gonna fly back once a month for a solid week because I don't, if somebody says, are you still in Dallas? I can honestly say, yes, I'm still in Dallas. You know, it doesn't freak people out that I'm not there even though I have, you know, my assistants and my builders and my art, everybody's there and all my best friends are there. Um, So it's been great. It's kind of seamless. No one even really realizes I'm not there full time. Like, gosh, I should have done this a long time ago. I am, my husband's always said, just work more effectively and more efficiently and um, instead of running around like crazy. So now my assistant runs around like crazy and um, I just, you know, now I get to do the thing I love it's just make the homes beautiful, pick the things out, but then she has to be the one running around getting all the samples and answering all the questions and you know running here and there and checking on everything and checking on the status of everything all the kind of stuff that you know I don't need to do it after 25 years you know let me pay somebody else to do that kind of stuff let me just concentrate on making a home spectacular Mm -hmm. and you know giving them you know they just like and I think I've got a big personality so they like they want to see that they want to you know, I try to give them everything and I make people I think the best thing I ever did was make people cut sign a contract that you have to be nice, fun, and, you know, and um you have to be trustworthy and um uh, because if you're not nice and fun and you're an ass, you know, like it's not fun for anyone. I can't do my best work That person's not going to enjoy, they're not going to enjoy my personality because it's not like I'm a sheepish little person over in the corner. You know, I like to have fun and we're laughing and giggling and jumping up and down and giving high fives and hugging, you know, to pick out a sofa. So (laughs) if some people don't like that, then I'm probably not the person for them. So I just, you know, that's why it's always important to have a consult to make sure because I'm not the typical designer, like stuffy, arrogant you know designer you know I may look the part but I'm not personality not that part Absolutely No you so are definitely good.
0: not that part No So for 25 years yes. you've been an interior designer mm-hmm. and it's been corporate residential all the above All of the above All of the above and Yes How did you venture from Dallas back and find Serenby? Was this an accident? How did you shift from being Dallas I know. to here we are in the middle of God knows nowhere, nowhere in land. Chattahoochee Hills right? into this agrahood is like the blissful land of horses and <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it unless you've yes. been here. But how did you find it? So interesting,
1: um, if anyone that knows me, knows that I'm like a true city girl. I'm like, I just love it. So when I did decide to finally, it's like, okay, I'll move here. I'm like, you know, our child's in college. We have no restrictions of where we can live. So we're like, we're going to stay in the city. We're just, we're, you know, so we, of course, looked all in the city. Well, who knew that even the smallest little shaker box house cost a million dollars in the city? And we're like, okay, no. Um, So we kept looking and looking like there has to be some little, I could just see like a little cute like bungalow. I was going to redo. I didn't even care. Of course you were. You were going to redo it. I was going to redo it. I didn't care what it looked like, but you literally can't, seriously can't find anything for under six to $700,000, not even a tear down. So I was like, oh gosh, but we did have, um, you know, a place in the city right on Peachtree street. Um, and I redid it and my daughter will move into it when she graduates, and it's beautiful, you know, the white hardwood floors I painted, I gutted it in, it's, it's very French and beautiful, and I love it, and you can walk to any restaurant, bar, and it's great, and so we're real happy there, I was like, well, this is great, we can do this for a couple of months, until my car started getting broken into, my tires got punctured, um, there was, and we live in the nicest area in Atlanta it's called Buckhead and so that's like the Beverly Hills of California you know like the Shishi Park right it's the upscale, it's the upscale part, part. Right, so yeah. i'm like what the heck is happening here right. so then of course if something like that starts happening all of a sudden i'm super guarded then mm. now i'm not walking you know like we were walking every night you know just i just felt so safe you know cuz then all of a sudden, these things start happening. And one night, one day, we were having coffee in the morning. And I, we ran out of sugar. So there's a Panera literally right behind us. So Lee went up there to grab some, um, some sugar and came back. And in that one second that he was gone, there was a shooting at the store right beside him. Like somebody shot out the window. Yeah, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what if he would, I mean, like... He was, like, 20 feet away from this. Yeah. You know? It's just scary stuff like that, living in the city. And then I went to yoga and Pilates every morning across, and I would always go to the same Starbucks. And I went to the Starbucks, and they made everyone evacuate. And so I uh-huh. never asked questions. So this is a newsflash for me. I didn't know you didn't that know the all crime in
0: Atlanta was bad. Uh, but, I mean, I guess a lot of cities in the U.S. is right. bad. We just don't hear about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. So I... Um, One day, I went back through there. I'm like, you know, why do we all have to be evacuated the other day? And she goes, oh, we had a bomb threat. And I was like, okay. And then the publics I go to, there was someone was held up at gunpoint. I'm like, we're in Buckhead. And so, I approached the police, and they said, you know, that Buckhead's being targeted now, but it is still the safest. So, of course, I called my daughter. I'm like, you're not moving here. You're not. We're selling it or whatever. And, um you know, just our twenty-one-year-old moving into this environment, but you know, I can't. I'm not going to tell somebody what their life is going to be or not. She can choose. So she's like, no, mom, right? She's, a big, girl, she's right? a big girl. She's a big girl. So, but you know, it's just different than what I remember. I've lived in Atlanta before, and I guess just living in the heart of the city is dangerous. And you and have did you feel that way in Dallas? Careful. No. Okay. Never felt. Hmm. I've always lived on the suburbs of us because um our daughter was in high school and we had right. to be in the best Schools, school, yeah. And um so, so here you
0: go from the suburbs of Dallas but to the inner city of Atlanta.
1: Correct. Got it. For sure. So then um I had come to sarum B a couple I'm, like I said, I'm an interior designer, so obviously Crum B um is known for their um for their design, their their building, their architecture, their interiors, everything. You know a designer loves, right? So, three or four years ago, I remember because I always get that Atlanta magazine. I subscribe to the Atlanta magazine, right? And I was looking through, it and I'm like, "Wait, what is this place?" and And it was um, Swan Ridge mm-hmm. when they were having a their grand opening. So this must have been six, like an open house, house showcase. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, it looked like. Europe, Europe, right? Right, And I was like, I've got to sit. So when we flew in one time, because I'm from Georgia, I was like, I'm going to drive up there and check this place out. And all it takes is to drive in here and you're like, what have I just stepped into? It's like utopia, magic, right? Yeah. Yes, magic. And you're like, what is this place? You know, and we thought it was a Hollywood movie set. Right. It's we crazy. Didn't, We're like, wait,
0: where are the actors? When are they going to hit cut? And like we're gonna right. be like, okay. It's not even it's and like maybe the backdrop Eve. will roll up or something. Yeah, yeah, we need
1: to be like I kept thinking the stones were gonna have play in the music, you know, with the rocks, play the music, and that's like the celebration in Florida, they do that. And the music more like Disney World. And um so we we're like, Oh gosh, and so I did that a couple of times. I'd brought my parents out here, whatever. But when we moved here to, to Atlanta, I kept telling my husband, I'm like, I just want you to go see this place called Cerembi. And he's like oh it's so far so we never got around to it right and um unfortunately my dog unexpectedly died and within like a seven day period of time and we were so distraught and so upset we could not quit crying it was Mm -hmm. my husband's best friend Mm -hmm. and um still to this day whenever we mention her we just cry 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 and and that happened on friday and so on that sunday I said, you know what? Let's go to this place called Serum i I've been trying. I said, it's really peaceful, and I think we just need to be at peace, and we just need to just take some time out and just enjoy ourselves and just, you know. And so we drove up here, and he had never seen it before, and 24 hours later, we had a contract on our house. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> so, a house. So I think story. that Ruby, my doggie, is... You know, it brings a lot of meaning to us because it—it was because of Ruby that we came here. So, okay. um a lot of meaning behind. Okay, I'm gonna start crying, but and like a lot of have meaning. Rosie. And now I have Rosie, Aww. and if anyone follows me, that you know that Rosie is like she goes with me everywhere. And it is because of Ruby that I think yeah. dogs. As I've gotten older, I have found that animals have become so important to me. Like I just. I never viewed them as I view them now, like when my daughter went away to college, and then when my Ruby passed away, this dog symbolized so much, and she symbolized happiness, Mm -hmm. and and just the love you can give an animal that Mm -hmm. I just, I'd never really even experienced with Ruby before, and it's Mm -hmm. like we just have this connection, she and I, and so I take her everywhere with me because... She just is so good. She's just like, Mom, if you just take me, I'll just be the best little girl ever. And she is. And people are, they just can't believe that she just sits in a cart and rides around, you know, at every place I take her. And they're like, is she always this good? I'm like, she's always this good. In fact, she was horrible. She was a horrible little girl. Like, bad. Like, she was, she was, she was crazy. She was a little bit on a wackadoodle side. And when Ruth, and... Lee, honestly, didn't really like her that much because she was so crazy. Um, She was just very aggressive. She barked her head off all the time. She would tear up anything in sight. Rambunctious. Um, She was very rambunctious. She was a little bit crazy. And the day Ruby died, Hmm. and this will make anybody cry, she... Like, she knew Lee was upset, and even though she and Lee were not close, because she was my dog, because I, you know, they were always like, well, she's your dog, she's your dog, you know, because she was always so bad. They gravitate to one person, yeah. She went and sat on Lee's feet, Mm -hmm. and just, and that night, we let her in bed with us, and she cuddled up, like, right up under his arm, and her complete personality changed overnight because she knew that we needed that mm. and she her personality's never gone back she's now this sweetest angel and leah's so smitten with her, just like I am, but she just changed, like, within a 24-hour period of time. I found that to be so interesting.
0: Oh, well, I, a I find the beautiful thing about animals is the unconditional love. Oh, Unconditional everything, right? I know they can be a little bit fresh at times mm. and, you know, aren't all children. In right. and, and many ways, they kind of are like right. children. Um, the interesting thing is that that first um, love of an animal is the one that brought you here. Correct. And now that changed the disposition right. of the second one. Yeah. So, so here you are in Serenby with yes. this spectacular home yeah. that you have decorated and um, and still continue to travel to other Dallas, cities, yes. to Chicago, um, support so I kind of go
1: all over. Your clients' and, yeah.
0: needs for corporate and residential designing. But the thing that I found so amazing to you, uh, to me, about you was when. Maybe two or three weeks ago, we all had dinner, and we hmm. went to that wonderful place, foxhead, fox, fox hall, yeah, right, just change the name of yeah. it fox hall, not foxhead that that sounds kind of graphic, fox, so yeah, yeah ew. and um we ended up um finding this lovely um patio with all the chairs, and we all sat out there, oh, yeah, so nice. and we just had a great conversation and out of the blue, you just told your story about being a breast cancer survivor, correct. I was blown away because yeah. I had i mean I, I think I'm one of the type of people that pretty is intuitive, but you are so outgoing and so sparkly and your entrepreneurship and just everything about you is just so on spot that I I know it happened quite some time ago. Like eight years ago, Um, yes. But, uh, wow. So I would love you to just say how, whatever advice you could give to other women out there who are, Maybe at the beginning or at the, you know, a middle or end of the journey of of being told that you have cancer, particularly breast cancer, because it's so prominent. Right. I don't know the exact statistics, but they're getting worse. Right. They're getting worse. It is. And, but it is incredibly joyful to me that so many women are surviving. Right. And it it isn't, you know, the death sentence that it used to be, but it changes everything. Right. I have not had cancer, so I can't speak, so this is why I bring wonderful, powerful, inspirational women to my show, Yeah, because not only are you a director, and you're gorgeous, and you're fun, and you're educated, and a great mom, and you know, puppy mom, 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 but it's it's that spark, and it's that story that has always allowed you to never take a day for granted. That's right. And that's where I said, Lori, you got to tell your story.
1: Right, right, right. Well, I have several stories that kind of maybe lead up to that story that maybe brought my strength. So if you'll let me indulge for a a second. And there's so many that I will kind of sum it up. Um, 16, I had a very, um, I'd never ridden a horse before. And I went out to. Well, that's uh, not that unusual.
0: Most women don't, but you're, in the, you're a southern girl,
1: so saddle <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> so I jumped on a horse. Well, they put me on a horse that had not been out of a pen in a year. Oh, my. Uh-huh. And they didn't strap the saddle down. Uh-oh. And <gasps> when I jumped on the horse with no lessons or not even knowing what to hold, mm-hmm. the horse took off of without the saddle yeah. being locked in. And so it started going to me. It felt like 100 miles per hour. And it started going toward the highway, and I was screaming. And then the more I was screaming, the horse kept running faster. And and so, anyway, so it started going really fast. And, of course, I ended up falling off, landing in a ditch. And um, I was very, very sick, and they didn't think I was going to make it. And um, so I had a contusion. I had the bleeding of the brain. Um, my very first hospital, they thought that I had... Um, Broken my neck, so they were giving me saline solution through my neck, which was swelling my brain even more, and, um, and the so they had misdiagnosed me. And you're 16. And, 16. And then in the middle of the night, a doctor came in, not even my doctor, but my mom was sitting there bedside, you know, and the doctor came in. Not even my doctor was like, if you don't move her, she'll be dead in the morning. Now, I consider a guardian angel, because it wasn't even my... She freaked out, went, like, so they loaded me up, and they sent me to another hospital, and, um, they did a whole bunch of experimental things to try to get the swelling down from my brain, and, um, and it worked, so I didn't have to have, like, the brain surgery and all that kind of stuff, so anyway, I was out of school for, like, six months, um, I've had a host of things from that, like, I don't have hearing in my right ear, and I've got, um, I had really bad dizzy attacks my whole life, and, um, just horrible things like that, but I've, you know, I've managed through. And even when I had my daughter, I thought that would bring on like a really bad dizzy attack because I was wasn't able to drive. I'd always kind of like had vertigo, sit, vertigo, uh-huh. yeah,
0: right.
1: Um, and so for some reason, it didn't happen. And the reason why is I went to the the most successful doctors. My parents were like, "Well, send her wherever." So I went to. Minnesota to Mayo Clinic, everywhere having surgeries to stop this dizziness. And mm. when I was in college, um, there was a, it's kind of a funny story. I went, somebody recommended this chiropractor. Now the chiropractor I went to him ended up like thinking I was cute. You know, you're 18, you know, he was cute, I was cute. He was like, oh, I, you know, and I was like, I'm having these dizzy attacks every two weeks. I'm down, you know, and I, you know what? He's like, oh, well, let me just adjust something. And he just adjusted something in my neck. And I've never since 18 years old had a dizzy attack. And I had gone to the best of the best for those two years, flown all around the country. Mm. Emory, Mayo, everywhere. And it was this one guy in my home little town did something, cracking of the neck, and it must have relieved something from my dizzy attack. So, that's why I love a chiropractor. So, I have that as a well, history builder. you're to the builder, crown, yeah. So, yeah. So, a history builder. So, I came up. And then, after I had my um, daughter, I was like, well, I better start um, checking my skin or whatever. I saw one little spot. So, I went to the doctor, and they call me back, they're like, Oh, you know, you um you have skin cancer, so we just need to and I was like, excuse me? And they were like, but they didn't have that urgency hmm. um behind the message, whatever. So I was like, Oh, so I called my parents, I'm like, Yeah, they said that I had um, you know, skin cancer, but whatever and they're like, um, you know, so I had to have can I had to have surgery. So I've had like four or five since. So I was like, Well that Certainly sucks because now I can't get out in the sun and Mm. do all the things that you used to do. So I've had to, you know, change all that. So, which brings me. So there's been a buildup of kind of things that's happened. Mm. So So a little bit of resilience. Yeah, the resilience. You know, I'm just going with the flow, you know, keep plugging along. Um, I went for my just normal checkup, you know, for my uh, mammogram. And um, I went in and they said, um, you know... Well, you go into, you know, you just go into this room and you have your regular mammogram. And they said, you know, if there's any questions, you you know, if not, you can just leave or whatever. So I went in, just normal. Um, They came and they're like, hey, do you mind going to the next room? We just need to check something else. Mm -hmm. So I go to the next room and they're like, well, let me check this and check this. And, you know, if, if the doctor says everything's fine, you can go. If not, the doctor will be in. All of a sudden, the doctor came in. And I was like, it just kind of started, like, spiraling. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, we need to do a biopsy. And, you know, it was I was in my tennis skirt. I had just been out working out. You know, I wasn't even mentally preparing for right. this news. You know, yep. I was like, okay. Totally caught you off guard. Totally caught me off guard. So I just kind of left there kind of numb, like, what is happening right now? So, I, of course, I called my husband first. And then, secondly, I called our best guy friend that's an oncology um, guy, one of the top in Baylor. Unfortunately, he's passed away now. But um, I called him. He's like, grab all your papers and come to me. And so I went back in and grabbed all the work, went to him. And he's like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna send you to the best of the best of everyone because he's in that world. Right. And so from that point on, I went in. I met with the person. I had uh, the biopsy. I left, once again, workout clothes because didn't even bring anyone with me because I just assumed everything would all be as fine, well. all is well, not a big deal. Um, walked in by myself, and the doctor is usually um, pretty reserved and not like a girly girl and not complimentary, not like that type of person. So when she came in and she started complimenting me like, Oh, Laura, you look so pretty today. How are you? Really, mm-hmm. she was turning on the sweetness character. factor. I was like, "This is odd." And she goes, "Where's your husband?" And I went, "Oh, he's not here. He's working." She goes, "Well, do you want to um do you want to get him to come on over?" And I went, "Oh, God." <laughs> and I just I was like, "Do I need to have him to come over?" And she's like, "Well, yeah." And I was like, "Okay." She goes. I'll step out of the room, and so I called him, and I just burst out crying. Of course, you so like, did. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if they want my husband, right, to come, right, to talk to me or whatever, and so he came, and of course, you know, and you're, you're waiting because you're he just did. waiting, he you know. To and just I'm like, the what the sky? heck is going on? And they just said they had found like three different things, and on um, my left breast, and that they weren't comfortable with, and um. And all this kind of stuff, and I was like, "Oh gosh, um, what does all this mean?" And, and so we went home to discuss it, and so she met with like I think there was like a team of 10 doctors, they meet with a lot of people to talk about your different stories. Right. And they said, you know, and all this went super fast from this point on, and I'm the kind of my grandmother died at 53 of the same exact thing, and she oh and it God. went into her bones, and it was a horrible thing. Mm. And it was right where, right in the same breast where hers started, and it was all the thing. And they called and said, you know, like a week later, like, um, well, we could go in and do, you know, just um, take the, the tissue out, what is that called? Lumbectomy. Lumbectomy, Lumb- Lumb yeah take um a Lumpectomy, but it'll just look like a shark had bitten your boob, and, you know, it won't look that great, and then you'll also be on tamoxifen or whatever that drug is for five years, and then every six months, you'll come in to be tested, or, you know, you could have the, you know, the double mastectomy, and, and you don't have, and then that will be it, and that's the end, and, and I was like, okay, and she said, but we'll let you think about that, and then you call back and I'm like, well, I don't even need... I was like, sign me up. When can I do it? I mean, it didn't even take me one second. like, To have all that and the fear, because I'm a worrier, the fear of that and knowing that it's always that chance or getting a double mastectomy and um, not to go through chemo, radiation, anything, just get it done, cut them off, you know, and like... I was like, I don't need to think. That's what I want to do. And they were like, okay. And my husband agreed. Everyone agreed that that was the best route. Um, that was great. In the meantime, I went and had the test done, the brockage. And I wasn't a, you know, a carrier, so that was great. That, yeah, was, that was super my question, scary. Right yeah. now
0: because your grandmother had breast right? cancer
1: too, so you weren't a carrier. I weren't a carrier, so Ooh. that was so great. And your mother had no history. She does no Okay. And so, so, I've been the only one that's had, like, the skin cancer, the breast cancer, you know. And it's just interesting mm. that I'm the, the one that... The propensity at times. Yeah, I yeah. just keep... Yeah. And um, so, at that point, once I decided about the double mastectomy and not going through chemo and radiation and just going ahead and taking that step um, to kind of alleviate any issues yeah. that and or fear, because right. I know me, mm-hmm. um, I was... Very, and this is when it turned. I was very at peace with that decision, and people well, were saying so nonchalantly. But I, I'm sitting
0: here, you know, and knowing you yes. the way I do, I, I, 100 believe you. Yeah, but just seeing the
1: the, right. the way you're
0: t- sharing your story. For some it didn't reason, and everyone like everyone like was twisting
1: your arm. No, and everyone kept calling me like preachers, like different people were like, "Can you talk to so and so because you're so at peace with this whole thing and where are you getting the strength from? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. A piece came over me like it was the weirdest thing. And, like, people were like, you seem so okay with it all. And as a little joke to myself, I'm like, hey, I'm just I'm getting a free boot job, hey? <laughs> so I just kept saying, I'm getting a free boot job. So I kept thinking, like, hey, my boot's starting to sag anyway. I'm getting a free boot, you know. And so oh, I just kind of twist. I kind of just twist it. I'm like, hey... And so the day came, and everyone was super supportive, of course. And um, you know, of course, then my mom started being weird at the very end, saying like, "Well, you know, you're never gonna be able to, because you you lose all feeling in your breast, right? And you know, you know, sexually, you won't be able." And I'm like, "I'm okay with it. I've had people to touch my boobs my whole life. I'm I'm over it. You know,
0: I can move on from that." Living or sensitivity. See, I'm mm. like, hmm, okay. Let me
1: think on that one. And so that yeah, one kind of pissed me off. I'm like, really? But I can you know, understand. 24 hours before you're now going to bring that up that a sexual response is more important than the fear behind breast cancer. So I'm like, right. I, yeah. You know, but everyone well, goes through different sure. things. But to me, I was like, no you know right that is not not the issue uh, that's not the issue you know i'm i'm good with that so
0: for you it was the
1: comfort of
0: the 100 percent guarantee right if you well i think it. it's not that point, we ever have
1: yeah one percent Whatever. yeah
0: point point right. whatever uh but let's just call it 100 even though it's yeah. not that felt more hmm can like life affirming right
1: Than taking a chance right
0: Yeah, I just—I was okay with it. Not everybody would make that same decision. Correct,
1: that was my decision. I felt um, I'm just that kind of girl, though. I'm like, you know, boobs, all that. I'm like, nothing is worse. It's decoration. That that is that would um, be more important than you know me removing my breast. You know, you can always have another boot. You can always put in in whatever. Right, There's it can always be adjusted, fixed. Yeah. yeah. So, That's
0: how right. soon thereafter the surgery from the double mastectomy were you a candidate to have reconstructive surgery? Oh, okay. Now this
1: is when it all started going down. Now be, I can. This can another.
0: be the the, the really
1: uh, draining what? part. No. So the whole buildup up to the whole mastectomy was all fine. Yeah. I was very at peace with it. Everything was great. Now, this is just my story. This isn't a normal story from here on out. This is just my story. And <laughs> it kind it of started going downhill for me. So I went and had the mastectomy, And I remember waking up. And I remember being very dark in the room. And lots of people around me. Mm-hmm. I can remember a friend had brought pumpkin bread. I can remember my mom sitting over to the lab. Nurses around. And I remember waking up. And you're up, all drugged up though. All I'm drugged up, up. Yeah. And I remember waking up, because I knew I was going to wake up with no boobs, and I had really great boobs for this. I mean, good boobs. <laughs> and so, it was going to be an adjustment, but I'm like, oh, I'm okay with it. So, I remember wanting to see what it looked like with me with no boobs. You know, sure. how weird yeah. is this going to look? Yeah. And so, I remember, I remember... I and mean, of course, course you got scar. I mean, it's suture, so it's so Yeah, it's not... Yeah. So, I remember looking down, I lifted up the sheet, and I looked down like, wait... They're so big. Oh, my God. I still have boobs. This is so weird. And the nurse came over. She's like, what? And they, no one had uh, removed the sheet. Blood was everywhere. Uh-huh. Th- yeah. They had to rush me down. Total blood. Tra- not total. That would be horrible. But blood transfusion. Yeah. I had lost so much blood. I don't know why. No one had thought to not look under the sheets. What did they do? It, the guy had forgot to cauterize some oh. of the veins or whatever. And, it was In- and I was internally bleeding. Oh. And so the blood was swelling up oh. my chest. So it looked like I had these huge knockers, right? <laughs> and, but it was just blood filled up because I was internally bleeding. So blood transfusion, whipped down. Good thing you went so, to look. Right. Yeah. So came back up or whatever. So I was there for like... Five days, but I remember when I left and that, say, I got home on like, let's say on a Friday. I remember on Sunday I went to church wrapped up with my, you know, with the blood thing you, right the now. pumps yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And my sweet husband had to pump out all the blood, you know, every, I was like, oh, this is horrible for him. And, but I remember being okay and I remember even going to the mall, funny enough. Um, afterwards just walking around or whatever. So then, you know, soon after that, you could start, you know, getting ready to have your, you know... Reconstruction. Reconstruction or whatever. Well, for some reason, I kept using the same doctor, and um, it kept going horribly wrong. Um, So I would have them done, and he would put them too high, or he'd put them below, or they would drop out of the pocket, or... Um, there would be a big sinkhole. I had to have seven revisions. You're joking. No. Um, they kept going horribly wrong. Um, I had to have another blood transfusion. Another time I came home and it was, um, after one of the surgeries and, and I got to come home right after. And I remember once again, I think this might have been the third or fourth surgery. I looked down and once again... The boobs were swelling up again, and I went... Oh, dear God. Oh, God. We called him like, should this boob be really big like this? I mean, I know I'm getting a revision, but it should it be like Dolly Parton's? <laughs> and he's like, you're fine, you're fine. And I'm like, well, s- well, send me a picture. Yeah. And so my husband snapped a picture, and like in about three seconds, he goes, meet me in OR. And once again, blood transfusion again, lost so much blood, had to... And so, um, don't know why I kept using the same doctor, but, um, but so I haven't had a surgery in like, so it's uh, all good. I haven't had a surgery in like three or four years. We're all good with that. Whew. And, um,
0: so that, that is not really the large? norm. That's correct. not the norm. No. Norm is one surgery for reconstruction. Yeah. I don't
1: right. know what my body, I, I don't know what kept happening. Well, it seems from your history,
0: you may have some propensity towards... Bleeding, yeah. You know, vascular type of things, which is predominantly what cancer is, is, you know, an exacerbation or a metastasized overproduction of things. So God only knows, but you're clean and clear. Right. So now
1: I don't even have to um, really go except every once a year because I don't have... um, when you have you know reconstruction stuff you don't go for a mammogram anymore right and so you just go for a checkup right. and i've been clear now for 8 years so you know i i just go like once a year now for a checkup and right. um yeah so it's all good now you know i've got some you know, nice little perky breast now. And it's, (laughs) you know, and then when people see them, you know, they're not perfect, but I'd always had this vision of what a double mastectomy breast would look like, like really strange and like, because I remember when Angelina Jolie had it, and I was thinking, oh, hmm. I wonder what her bre- You know, I, I remember thinking that. Well, that became and very um,
0: dominant in the news. Correct. Them. Why would a woman who she doesn't have do- breast cancer right. go for that extreme? Right, right, You know, and obviously you did have breast cancer. I did, cancer, yeah. So it's
1: different, but right, right.
0: similar in the situation that but it was interest- a decision you made
1: right away. But interesting enough, after my surgery... When they came back out, they're like, we have great news. And this is fabulous news. And I'm not saying that I wanted to have, like, stage three or four. That it was basically stage zero. Like, it was not even... It, it would have turned into it. It would have. It been would have, but yeah. it hadn't yet. Um, so, I, I was a very... But I'm still... I'm, no regrets? No regrets. Yeah. Even with the seven surgeries. Um, That's a little extreme. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, so my body's going through a lot, it seems like. Um. But I, you know what? I just keep... People keep going like, well, how are you still so positive? I'm like, I don't know. I just keep... You know, what... Well, you only have one And life. And those
0: of you... I do wish that this was TV. Because if you could see her sparkle, her beauty, her, yeah. effervescence, her effervescence, and her genuine, you know, what does the French say? Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that, that feeling that you have. You're yeah. the most sparkling optimistic person i've met in years oh that's so when i found out yeah after you know where you shared it wasn't like i said so what's your dirt it it was we just were chatting i was like really like you're gonna tell me that story and um between the decorating and the moving and all of it i just knew that you had this bright light but to all of you out there you know there's really nothing that you can't get through and right. i really feel that there's a reason we met but right. so what advice would you give to a woman out there that maybe is just told today that she has breast cancer
1: oh, you've got everyone always says this but positivity truly can mean the difference between life and death you you have to make it up in your mind that mm-hmm. it's going to be a positive experience and prayer and prayer chains my my uncle um, had um, skin cancer and it was all in his lungs and everything, and we all came together and prayed and the positivity or whatever is and they he was only given like six months to live, that was seven years ago, um, crazy. They can't even find it now. Wow. It's just crazy stuff. So the power of prayer, the power of positivity. If you're like woe is me, and you're just depressed all the time, that I. Th- Feel feeds into mm-hmm. it. Negativity. That's Negativity yeah. feeds into everything. So, um, of course, I'm not positive all the time. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's got, you know. But I try to be. I try to wake up every morning and you choose the life you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and you always have to. You're only given one life. So you choose what you want to do with it. Yeah. And I always thought when I, turn, when I turn, funny story, when I turn 50 my whole life I've ramped up to turning 50. I was like, oh gosh, I'm gonna be doomed when I turn 50. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm gonna be so old. What am I gonna do? And I just thought I was really gonna freak out over it. Yeah. And when I turned 50, just like when I got the breast cancer news, something switched into me Mm -hmm. and another powerful presence came over me and I'm like, you know what, this is awesome. You know, I'm feeling good. I've got this great job, I've got this amazing husband, I've got an amazing daughter, I'm living around my family now, I've got great friends, why wouldn't I be joyous of this occasion? I've mm-hmm. had 50 amazing years, mm-hmm. and um, so now I just, I'm just living my best life.
0: And it shows. Thank you. Well, we uh, really would love anyone out there to be able to find you if they feel that they need a little inspiration right. or a pep talk or anything. What is the best way or easiest way for somebody who maybe just gets this news and needs a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, support, or maybe a referral or something? What's the yeah. easiest way for them to find you or get a um, hold of you?
1: Just, you know, you can Google me, Lori, L-O-R-I, Rourke, R-O-U-R-K, interiors, and that will have my contact number, my yep. E- everything and you'll also get to see her really pretty decorating yeah. so that's the best way to re- you know awesome. you can always yeah great uh, appreciate well you we are
0: about thanks. to go to an art gallery opening yes. and go have dinner yes. tonight so thank you my dear thank you for having you're me you're the best oh all right you guys keep thriving in the chaos because if you aren't inspired by her story then something's wrong with you so we will see you next week